Hey parents, Tim Wright here along with Dr. Michael Gurian, and we've got another great listener question for you on this episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. And I think we're going to get right into it, Michael, because it's, it's such a good question. And we're, I'm taking this from our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group. You just go to Facebook and then do a search on Wonder of Parenting. And um, you, you just say you want to get in the group and we'll let you in right away. And normally we just let the parents on that site uh, deal with the questions. But every once in a while, there's a question that has so much energy around it. And it's such a good question uh, that's worth bringing to all of you on our podcast. And so this is the question. Do you discuss with your boys to treat girls differently? I teach and show my boys to treat everyone with respect, and they know girls are as capable as boys to do anything. They are also exposed to children with disabilities and know that they are capable of of so much more than what it looks like on the outside and are comfortable playing and interacting with all kids. But I think chivalry is sweet, and I also teach them to hold doors for people, especially girls and older people. I teach them how to read body language to help them know if someone is uncomfortable. Having three boys who are close in age means their normal play is very physical and high energy, and they need to rein it in depending on their playmates. The question is, how do I raise my boys to believe girls shouldn't be seen or treated any differently, but also they actually should treat girls differently in some ways? That's such a great question. (laughs) Uh, How do you explain that to little brains? I guess I'd expand that. How do you just teach that, right? Especially sort of in our our culture today where we're wrestling so much with equality and uh, treating people with respect. Uh, Such a good question, Michael, and I'm so glad you're answering it. Uh, Yeah, I was chuckling. I I, I knew you were going to like totally throw it on me. Yeah, well... Yes, it is a great question. It's so appreciated coming in. Um, and you're right. It, it it kind of fits right in the middle. It's like it's like torn from the headlines, and the headlines uh-huh. are are 50 years of, of gender conversation. And I think you know, I I really first of all, I love chivalry. I love that part of of what we call masculinity training. And maybe we'll delve into that a bit here in this podcast. What is, you know, what do we really mean by masculinity? Because yeah. masculinity has a has a bad name in in some academic and media circles these days. But but masculinity, what we would mean by it, is actually a very good thing. And part of 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 masculinity training is respect training. And part of respect training is, uh, you know, there are differences between females and males. And there's a certain respect that we males have for females because there's so much that they're going to go through in their lives. There's so many sacrifices they're going to make in their lives. Um, And we are taught as males to inherently respect that a priori and unconsciously uh, by being taught chivalry. So, so it's a priori meaning it happens before, you know, we can really understand the sacrifices that women make in the world. And then unconsciously, because, you know, I don't know the ages of these boys, she doesn't tell us, but let's say I'm going to make something up there, five, seven, and nine. Um, you know, that five-year-old's not really going to understand stuff yet. Um, it's going to be unconscious for him uh, as we teach him chivalry and to hold doors open. But then gradually, you know, he'll understand, and it'll be part of the way that he respects women. And I don't think that, uh, I don't think we really have to worry much these days that if you teach chivalry, 
um, if you teach boys to hold doors open for for girls, and then she also mentions older people, which is which is by the way an echo of the concept of respect that we might you know come back to um, that that somehow that's going to then be little girls in a boy's mind that w- that was kind of like a a notion 50 60 years ago 40 to 60 years ago that that moved through academe the concept that if you're going to have equality you have to have sameness if you're going to have equality you have to have sameness and um you know so girls should be opening doors for boys now well okay i mean it certainly doesn't that's fine if girls want to open doors for boys but the, the concept the concept was make everything the same and that's how you have equality and i think we've disproven that we've shown that you know male female difference does exist and that males make certain sacrifices in their lives and they need to be respected and females make certain sacrifices in their lives and they need to be respected and the core self of a male, the core self of a female, the soul, whatever people want to say, that needs to be respected by the other. So, um, so I, so I agree with her. I like chivalry, and I think the context to teach it in is the context of of respect. And then, as the kids get older, and they're able to understand it, because she asks, "Okay, how do you talk about it?" That's how I would talk with them about it. Or one of the things to say is, you remember, this is a matter of respect. It's a tradition we've taught you. Uh, and it's because you respect these girls that you do that. It's not because they're fragile and dainty and can't open the door, <laughs> and it never was. It's because you respect them. And 200, 300, 500 years ago, I actually think that was an underpinning of chivalry. But to be fair to the early feminists, there was also a kind of correlation which, of female fragility. And, you know, the porcelain female, she can't even open her own door. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that existed for some people back in the past, sure. But um, I, I ultimately think masculinity training has been about respect for females. And then it got twisted by some people and females got subjugated. Um, but I still see chivalry as a respect device. It, it's such a, an interesting conversation because, you know, for you and for me, we, we grew up when some of this was changing, some of it was being challenged, and yet we were probably raised by uh, dads and grandpas who had that ethic about their lives and uh, that you always open the car door for uh, your, your girlfriend or your date. You always pay for your date, uh, and it was ways of showing respect. And I can understand, I can understand the thought, well, why can't a girl pay for her own way? What, what are we saying about that? Or what are we saying about her not being able to open her own door? Mm-hmm. I get that. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, it's really understandable to me. Uh, and that's why I think rooting this conversation in respect and showing respect um, is, is really good. So if, if uh, let's do this. I, I love this word chivalry because it's such an old word. Um, and it, uh, I think for some people it brings up uh, maybe the golden age. Uh, for other people it brings up patriarchy and, and uh, m- you know, all, all things terrible male. How would you define chivalry uh, beyond respect? Uh, I know that that's the core of it. Um, how, how do you uh, inculcate that kind of respect in boys? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Well, in terms of defining chivalry, you know, it's, it's you asked me that. I was trying, I'm going back to like my college classes when I studied mm-hmm. Chaucer and all that 40 years ago. And right. I, I know that that somewhere back then I knew the actual definition, but I, I don't know the actual definition now. Um, uh, it did come out of that tradition as you have used, you've just defined it. It came out of that. If I recall from my literature classes, it sort of started coming out Chaucer era, but then by the time we got to the Renaissance, I believe that's when someone should correct us who's much smarter than me on this. I believe that's when it started when the words started appearing and 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 it was sort of bifurcated as you've indicated for some people it was the porcelain fragile nature of female uh, but but it came out of the love tradition, right? Chivalric love mm-hmm. and and it was about loving and it allowed people to love uh it allowed them to love not just for economics now um, right, not just to meld two families together to marry for two families, but they could actually love someone, and um, and now they could have romantic love, and that that in a way chivalry, its connection to romantic love, if I remember, kind of threw the world into a a tailspin because marriage coupling had been based, uh, it was arranged right, and it yep. was based on economics, and now people could love each other. And he, he, he was much much more artful, much more poetic and lyrical, and um, a lot of our greatest poetry came from it. So, so that's that's how I see it. I see it much more in in that as a part of love <clears throat> and love and respect, and uh, that's how I see it. But I do not remember the specific definition mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah, I don't. I, Someone I remember, maybe write us in. Someone write us that. <laughs> I, I remember when when uh, you and I were first working on our rites of passage programs back uh, fifteen years ago. Now I did some uh, reading on the Knights of the Round Table, Arthurian tales, and so on, and um, the the uh, really their code of conduct or their code of ethics, and it was really rooted in this strong respect for 
men and women, strong respect for humanity, a strong sense of protecting. And of course, in those days, um, you know, things were bloody and, uh, you know, it was the guys who went out and they were lopping heads off. Well, you didn't want your mothers going out there lopping heads off or getting their heads lopped off. You wanted them home. You wanted them safe raising the kids. And in, in a lot of cultures, you know, many, many years ago, the only way that women could survive was at um, was to have men respect them enough to care for them and protect them and provide for them. And of course, that's changed a lot where we have almost as many women in the workforce as men, uh, depending on the interpretation, maybe more women than men. Uh, so we know that women can care for themselves. We know that women are strong. Um, but this question that she's asking, how do I teach my boys uh, that they shouldn't see girls as different and yet they need to treat them differently. That's really the conundrum we're in right now. Yeah, I see it as giving them purpose um, mm, j- in the same way that, in the same way that, um, and you've just said it beautifully, how in the past, um, I'm just adding the word purpose to it, it was very protective, obviously, mm-hmm. in the past. What you're referring to is it was very rep- protective. And, and females, part of the male of, the, of masculinity training, uh, and male purpose was to protect females and children, right? That was a core yep. part, uh, and it got then it got routed through then a kind of negativity, um, and, and we know why because we wanted a revolution that got rid of the patriarchy, right? We wanted a feminist revolution. We need to get rid of the patriarchy, so we needed to throw everything out. And so people would say, well, to pr- the male role of protecting and providing, no. We, we don't want that anymore. Males, males, no one should have that role anymore, right? Everyone should right. do everything themselves. Everyone is independent, every female, every male, everyone, et cetera. And we all know why that happened. There were some good parts to that 50 years ago, absolutely. But um, every male needs purpose, and part of a male's purpose is going to be, uh, I think should be, to protect and then someone will say, well, isn't that the purpose of every female? Absolutely, right? Just because we talk about it in a male context doesn't mean that females are not protecting and providing. Of course they can protect and provide. Um, I see, however, this question to be, okay, we're always trying to figure out how to train males to give them purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was, and that's what it can still be. And it doesn't negate females because males have purpose. That doesn't negate females. It doesn't negate or belittle females for males to have part of their purpose to be to protect the people that they love, the people they care for, and the people they respect, many of whom will be female. And then it doesn't negate females for the add-on of males saying, you know, I respect you so much, I am going to open this door for you. Um, So I not only have the same protect and provide instinct that you as a female have, but I'm going to go beyond and say part of my purpose is to respect you this much. Mm-hmm. And so I will open the door for you. And this is where I circle back to her wisdom about the old people. She specifically says, we teach these kids, right? These She has three boys. We teach these boys to respect uh, open gr- doors for girls and older people. So it's already in con- unconscious and co- inchoate for her that, that this is connected to respect. And if we look at it from the point of view of protection... Love and respect, if we look at it from that point of view, then opening a door, right, for a girl, it becomes profound and um, I think should be supported in that context. 
Yeah, I, I like that too of, of uh, uh, expanding a bit the discussion of respect so that a, a boy learns to open the doors even for other guys or, you know, people he respects. Yeah, and he'll um, do that naturally too. Yep, yeah, guys yep. open doors for other guys. Yep. Yep. What, what, what are some things that mom can teach her boys about girls that will help boys understand that girls are, they're equal? Uh, girls are wired a little differently. You know, she references a little bit, you know, my boys have this high energy and that may not always work around girls who maybe want to have more, she doesn't say it here, but maybe more relational capital built uh, through words versus uh, roughhousing, for example. Mm-hmm. But, but what are some things that, that uh, we can teach our boys about girls that builds respect for girls into our boys and yet gives them permission and, and an understanding that there are some things that they're going to have to do differently around girls than they would do around their buddies, their male buddies. Right. Okay. Most of that they're going to learn themselves. Um, they're they're going to be in in a community, you know, where where the girls are going to be teaching them what they do and don't like, and okay. and the boys are going to be they're going to model off some boys who do it right, and then they're going to notice other boys who are always in trouble with the girls and. Um, and they're going to go, okay, I don't want to be that boy, so I better have better boundaries. You know, a, a lot of that, as they grow up, happens in community, and it happens in peer communities where where everyone's teaching each other what the right boundaries and rules are. Um, so in a way, parents don't have to worry too much about the boys learning it at a baseline. Right, okay. But then, of course, there are specific boys who may not be getting the lesson or who may not be understanding these boundaries and they're going to need some extra conversation with, with mom and with dad and with the support system um, pointing things out. And a good way to do it with boys is to ask them questions. Okay, now, what did you notice when she reacted that way to you? What did you notice? Why do you think she reacted that way to you? What is it you specifically did that made her react that way? And so those are going to be experiential conversations because they're going to grow off of the actual incident right? And those are very, very effective conversations um, to help boys set the right boundaries with girls because they, they grow off of what actually happened. And then there's the other layer, which is just teaching them codes of conduct. Uh, and you referenced that in the past. And codes of conduct are still incredibly important now. So, so parents you know, will be teaching codes of conduct like, okay, um, you know, uh, you don't touch girls that way, right? I mean, that's a code of conduct. Uh, uh, but it's, but, but it's okay if she, if she likes to wrestle, because actually a lot of girls like to wrestle with boys, you know, and there's nothing mm-hmm. sexual about it or anything bad. So, okay, you can wrestle, uh, but you know, you don't touch the private parts and all of those things are codes of conduct. And as they get older and they, um, uh, and, and by the way, we're teaching them codes of conduct with other boys too. Yeah. So, so none of these things People sometimes project into these things that, well, if you talk at all about males and females are different, right, that therefore you're, you're disequalizing or disequilibrating girls and you're belittling, belittling girls and you're uplifting males and all this. That is actually not true. Yes, it happened in the past, but we are in the present. And in the present, when parents have these conversations about boundaries, about behavior, if we look, we'll notice they are having conversations with all kids of all sexes and all genders, you know, mm-hmm. it's not really, it's not really a belittling. Um, uh, but, 
But if the kids don't learn this, um, you know, if we, and that's how I think the context for parents, we have to teach kids these differences. Like you, you know, if you don't keep this boundary, you are not going to be a suitable mate in the future. Mm -hmm. And, and the context is evolutionary. I think, uh, we, as parents, we know at a deep level that our job is to train this young guy to become a suitable mate and to be selected. And, um, and he is going to have to be selected. And in this case, we will assume he's heterosexual. If he's, if he's gay, then it's 5 to 10%. He's going to be selected by another male. But, but in most cases, selected by a female. And so there's, this is a big layer. And our context is big. We want our kids to succeed in the future and our boys to succeed in the future as, as uh, coupled individuals and then raise families. So it's evolutionary for us to teach them what we know. And that's what we teach, what we know about the differences between males and females and about how to treat females. And at a certain point as they get older, we say to them, you know what, we are, we are going to keep teaching you this because if you do not learn this, you are not going to be happy, you know, mm -hmm. because you will not be selected. So we are going to keep getting these codes of conduct into your head. And then they themselves, as they get older and sexualize and as they become romantic, they themselves will modify the codes of conduct we taught them um, because they'll meet someone for whom uh, – to go back to opening the door, maybe they meet someone who they want to couple with and that person doesn't like being the door being held open. Right. And they'll go, oh, okay, right? They'll adapt. If we've taught them the codes of conduct, that's fine. They'll just adapt to, to the, the woman that they're with. But if they haven't been taught the codes of conduct, I think that their chances of being selected go way down. So um, my advice to parents always is you teach what you know. You know, you teach mm -hmm. what you know about this, and you know a heck of a lot because you know what works. You're happily married, let's say, or, you know, you're an adult. You know what works, so you teach the code of conduct that you know works. Yeah, and again, it all comes down to respect. It may be opening the door. It may not be, but respect, knowing what the boundaries are. Um, respect is knowing who the person is. And and one of the things that we do in the Rites of Passage program that, that you and I created uh, is when we meet with the boys— um, like when I've been doing it in our church, we'll spend uh, a big part of a session looking at some of the differences in the ways that girls tend to relate, tend to relate, and the way that boys tend to relate so that they can understand them better and relate better and respect them more. Not to say that they're different uh, in, the, in, in being weaker or less than, but this is who God created them to be. This is who they evolved to be, whatever language you want to use. And they need to, if we understand each other, then we learn to respect each other. And um, one of the things that we, we say is, um, a girl should always feel better about herself after being with you, just as your buddies mm -hmm. ought to feel better about themselves after being with you. But a girl should feel better about herself after being with you. That's respect. And that happens when you know her, and you know how to talk with her, you know how to treat her. Uh, and and that the, the same would go. We want to tra train our girls to be the exact same way, right? We want to teach our daughters to understand how boys are wired, and to treat boys with respect. It goes both ways, and um, and and that's really the the word that you're using here is just teaching respect and valuing uh, the the places where we're very similar 
and understanding the places where we may be wired a bit differently, and that that's okay. That brings uniqueness to the relationship. Yeah, in fact, the differences are great. You know, they they make it possible to have such a dynamic uh, existence, such a mm-hmm. dynamic human existence. And uh, probably everyone, you know, is for talking about diversity. Well, that includes male and female. Male and female yeah. are part of diversity. You know, and and you were talking about the rites of passage, and I was I was remembering Greg Jance, and I know we're going to mention our sponsors. Greg yep. Jance, who's one of our sponsors, he did our rites of passage program. And if I recall, it was with 22. It's when his boys were 12 and 14. Yep. And with 22 other families, they did it. And I remember talking to him after they had done it, and, and they really loved it. I remember talking to him about this, and he said this was one of the biggest takeaways. That it that, And this is part of what rites of passage do for boys. Part of what traditionally has been taught in rites of passage is respect for the female. And the reason that rites of passage generally happen... Uh, you know, in that sort of 12, 13 age group, um, that early puberty age group, is because that's when it's really important to teach boys how to respect females, right? Because they're sexualizing, mm-hmm. they have these urges and so on. So um, so anyway, I remember him saying that. Uh, and and for our listeners, if they get if they go on wonderparenting.com and they see those rites of passage programs, I, I can't highly recommend them enough, especially if you have guys in that 11 to 14 age group. But I know mm-hmm. you wanted to mention the sponsors. Yeah, yeah, and that that's a good segue uh, to mentioning them. Um, Greg Chance is, is, has been a good friend of ours, and, and uh, Michael and Greg wrote a book for the Christian audience many years ago, and that's how they got connected. And, and uh, Greg has been uh, a sponsor with us almost since the beginning, not quite, but almost since the beginning. And um, he has such good insight into the challenges that people face when it comes to addictions, uh, when it comes to depression, anxiety, and he he's, uh, writes about a book a year on these things. And then he's got his clinic up there in the Seattle area. It's the center of Place of Hope. And if you ever, ever need uh, someone in your family uh, to go through an experience that will change their life, that's a good place to start. You can learn about them at wonderparenting.com, wonderparenting.com for the Center Place of Hope, where you can also learn about the Forge School, which is uh, one of the things that Michael is really excited about for boys. Yeah, and I was thinking about about a, a like how to connect the Forge School to this conversation, too, and I actually think there is a, a really good connection. Um, so the Forge School is for, for 14 to 17-year-old boys. It's residential treatment. So these are going to be um, teen boys who are having issues, um, uh, and it provides residential treatment on 55 acres near a river, beautiful facility, great staff. I've been there. I work with them. Great, really a great facility. And when I was last there, we actually had a conversation about this, about how so many of the guys who are having issues, depression, anxiety, um, OCD, you know, significant ADD, ADHD. I mean, boundaries are are sometimes difficult and they are so, they're so caught in the self and all the troubles they're having in them, in themselves. Um, it actually can be really sort of liberating and purpose developing to get them focused on, okay, who is this other person? How do I treat this other person? And we call that co-regulation. And co-regulation is just a psych term for I, I regulate myself as I'm regulating with others. Um, so actually, I think it is a good segue. And um, the Forge School, it's on wonderofparenting.com. And anyone who knows a teen who's having issues, just go ahead and click that link. 
Uh, Michael and I uh, share in some ways a faith tradition with uh, the Jewish faith and the Christian faith. We have many things that we share in common. And um, I think a good summary of what we're talking about here comes to us from uh, the the Bible that uh, the Jews call the Jewish scriptures and, and Christians call the Old Testament. And it says, love your neighbors, you love yourself. And that's really what we're talking about here. And uh, to love someone is to know someone and to understand that person, how that person thinks and how that person experiences life, and then to respect that person and uh, to treat that person the way that you want to be treated. And that's really what we're talking about. Male or female, it's about respecting people. Beautiful. Yep, the great way to end it. So, Michael, thank you, uh, and uh, thank you for our Facebook uh, people. If, you, if you're not joining us on Facebook, you want to be there because we've got some great questions. In fact, we're going to do another one next week uh, that you're going to enjoy. And uh, you can just go to uh, uh, Facebook and then search Wonder Parenting. Hit join, and we'll let you in, and you can be a part of the conversations. And there are a lot of good ones. Parents posting great, not only great questions, but great insights. Mm. And uh, so it's a wonderful place to uh, to get at some of your questions, maybe a little sooner than we can get to them here on Wonder Parenting. If you do have a question for us, wonderofparenting.com, and there's a submission form there for your listener question. Michael, thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, everybody. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.